0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC pro recharge kit today. Be a pro with AC pro.
1: Welcome to MLB extras, the Seattle Mariners edition. I'm Alison footer and I'm here with John's Greg. Now that we are um, post winter meetings, uh, I know it was a long week for everybody, Uh, (laughs) a really long week for Jerry Depoto. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but uh, so, what I guess the big story, kind of, that we need to follow right now is um, Encarnacion, the the fact that the uh, that the Mariners traded for him uh, from the Indians, and where does he go? Is he is he on his way out? And what's next for the Mariners in that respect?
2: Yeah, I suspect that will be the next big move. Although, the, I think what we'll see the rest of the offseason, Allison, is is kind of some some smaller free agents, some kind of kind of veteran guys, some you know low budget kind of guys they can fill in for depth uh on one year kind of deals and then Encarnacion is kind of the big piece that they could they i i, I know they're trying to flip uh as a matter of getting getting the right deal for him if they can get some prospect or two coming back uh for for him that would make sense uh they traded him for carlos santana who's who they'd also just picked up as they kind of moved down the line here really cutting uh future payroll is what most of these moves are about you know they got they got Santana, who had two years and $40 million left, and, and flipped him for Encarnacion, who has basically one year and 25, if you include the buyout. So uh, basically, they'll be done with his contract after next year, which lines up with when they'll be done with Felix Hernandez and his $27 million. And they've moved, obviously, off of Cano and, and uh, Segura's long-term contracts are really shortening up the long-term payroll obligation to have more flexibility. and Encarnacion kind of fits into that. Uh, if, if they can't deal him, uh, you got a pretty good DH. You know, a guy that had 32 homers and 107 RBIs last year and, and uh, 35 years old. He's, he's in you know, in, on the downside of his career, but uh, I think you can put him in there. Uh, you know, he's maybe not Nelson Cruz, but he's pretty darn close. Uh, if you, if you want to run him out there at DH, he's certainly not going to hurt you any. Um, a pretty good bat in the middle of the lineup that they could use. But ideally, uh, sure, I think Allison, they're still looking to move him, get prospects, continue to get younger. And, and take that payroll a you know, long term off the, for future flexibility. Really, what this off season has been all about?
1: Yeah, what kind of payroll are we looking at for 2019? Have you crossed the numbers at all? Is this something yeah, that's I mean, going to go way down?
2: No, it's not. Uh, it's not going to drop this next year. Mostly because they still do have Felix Hernandez. They, they still, at this point, do have have uh, uh, Encarnacion who's making big money. They still have you know Seager and Mike Leake and. and uh, the Gordon, these guys, I mean, it all adds up right now. You know, uh, uh, we're probably looking at 130, 140 million easily. Uh, and, and I think last year they were about 150, 160 uh, at this point. So it's it'll be the year after and beyond where they really start to, to make, uh, have, have have room to, to make some additions. And really what they're looking for, they, Jerry's looking to have money when it's time to add guys who are at the peak of their career and can really help uh, meld in with the, with the guys those younger guys and, and you, you don't want to have you're still tied into guys who are 38 39 40 when you're trying to make your push uh, and he, he's definitely moving to clear that those kind of guys off and have move, you know have room in, in 2020 2021 uh, and really make their hay then so this year still pretty good payroll i don't think they're too worried about that or worried about the, the long term.
1: So, the Mariners are used to grabbing the headlines, as we have discussed over the course of about the last month or so. Uh, But they grabbed headlines for the wrong reasons during the winter meetings. Um, Jerry DePoto, I guess. He he, this is not the way that you want to get, um, I don't know, respect or kudos or high fives from your colleagues. But he was making deals from a hospital bed. Um, And when the the news first broke that he had been taken to the hospital, he was ill and it was kind of a precautionary thing. I didn't think much of it. And then when we found out why and what happened to him, um, that's really scary. So what was that like to cover and, and how's he doing? And tell us about the diagnosis.
2: Yeah, he he's doing better. He's back at work now, of course, uh, because Jerry's not going to stay away long. As, as you mentioned, even in the hospital in in Vegas, he you know they they culminated a deal while he was in the hospital bed. That's uh, kind of classic poto and I guess adds to the legend of Jerry DePoto. He's He <laughs> he does not stay uh but uh, yeah, blood clots in his lungs is what it turned out to be. Uh, he, he told me he was had pretty severe chest pains uh, and just kind of tried to work through it early in the week in the winter meetings. And finally, uh, guys who was working with said, Jerry, we got to get you the doc. And uh, they took him to the hospital. Uh, it wasn't like a uh, flashing lights uh, you know, emergency run. They, they put him in a car, drove him to the hospital, and, and they started running tests. And uh, he was in pretty severe pain. And even after they diagnosed it, he's uh, uh, still in, in pain. still not feeling 100% now as so we start the, the following week. But he is back in the office, and he is working uh, uh, probably a little slower than uh, the normal depoto pace and and what he told me is uh, hey uh, this was you know a bit of a, a bit of a wake-up call and uh, you know i need to be be careful here uh health is is it's important to all of us and uh, this is a guy that, that you know he had cancer when he's 25 so he knows what it means to be sick and what health means so you know, he's, he's going to try to be careful he is uh, happy uh, glad that they know what it is now and can deal with it uh and, but uh it is it was uh, you know kind of a scary thing to, when you have chest pains severe chest pains and blood clots in your lungs that's not something to mess around with and uh and he's not he's he's uh, trying to be careful with it and, and be smart about going forward but uh, he is he is back to work and he is doing better and feeling better this week uh, and i suspect it will not that he's gonna be making trade after trade but he will continue being jerry depoto as they go here in the in the off season and continue to add to the roster
1: yeah, I'm glad he wasn't on an airplane, and uh, and that nothing worse happened. You know, being up in Seattle, some of these winter meetings are across the country. Not that this one was, but uh, that's that's really scary. So we will wish the best for him. Um, let's go on to you had a recent inbox posted on the Mariners website, and some good questions from fans. So let's we'll just run through a couple of those. Paul asks, with all the recent chatter about the Mariners being interested in you, say is it you say or you say you say. Kikuchi.
2: You say Kikuchi. Yeah,
1: you say Kikuchi. Um, Do the Mariners have a realistic chance at landing the lefty? Um, And, you know, my heart goes out to the Mariners because, like, they are just – they need to look for something to be optimistic about, something to talk about, something that might give them some hope um, down the road. And Kikuchi, he's getting a lot of attention. It sounds like he's going to be a really fantastic pitcher in the major leagues, hopefully. What do you think about the Mariners' chances to get him?
2: Yeah, that's an interesting one, also because in general, Depoto not looking at free agents. Uh, certainly not the bigger free agents, as I mentioned, more more guys, more one year kind of guys to come in and get them through a uh, bridge that gap to the young guys that he's he's brought in. Uh, but Kikuchi is is an exception to that. He's a twenty seven year old, and and uh, Depoto says, hey, he looks, he fits into that. You know, he's he's the age of Marco Gonzalez and Mitch Haniger in that group. Uh, you know, if you can sign him to a you know four, five, six year type of deal, which is what he and Scott Boris are looking for. Uh, you know, he, he fits into kind of that long range, uh, help, help you down the road with that group as it comes in. So uh, he is a guy they're definitely interested in. They did meet with uh, his representatives and Boris down in, in Vegas uh, to, to find out kind of what what the ground rules are gonna be for his pursuit. Kikuchi uh, is, is coming over little bit uh kind of like uh otani last year he's, he's coming to la just just got to la uh, i think yesterday the day before is going to meet with teams down there and, and uh, kind of go through the, the process of, of being uh, pursued and recruited and, and see what teams have to offer and make it make a decision he has until january 2nd he's got a, a 30-day window which now there's about two weeks left of uh, that he needs to sign or, or else he, he returns to japan under their posting system so a little different than most free agents but uh, he is a, a, an open free agent, can be signed by any team, and the Mariners are definitely interested. So we will see. It would be interesting if they could bring in Seattle, obviously, with the, the history of Japanese and, and, and ownership and players and from, uh, you know, Ichiro to, to uh, Kawasaki, you know, everybody they've had. They've had a Japanese player on their roster, I think, for over 20 years now. So uh, definitely, I think they have selling points. A lot of Japanese players are comfortable in Seattle, uh, it's a West Coast city. It's it's closer to Tokyo. A lot of a lot of uh, culture here that the Japanese players seem to enjoy and appreciate. Uh, so I think they have a shot at it. Whether they uh, whether they want to roll out the big money because it is going to be some big money remains to be seen.
1: Bob would like to know um, about shortstop JP Crawford. Um, he's saying Seattle might want to give Crawford some time to develop. So not, why not sign Troy Tulawitsky? What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, that's an interesting one, Crawford. One of the many young players they brought in, and he does uh, have some major league experience. with the Phillies last year, although hurt a good part of the year. But he's been in the major leagues. But but DePoto was talking about it. if he's if he's not ready, they're not. Uh, they they wouldn't hesitate to open him in Triple A Tacoma, give him some time to, to to really develop and come up at the right time. So he's there there. Looking for potential, you know, a veteran kind of guy that, like I mentioned before, the kind of a one year guy that can kind of stop gap and maybe play for a few months uh, and be a trade target or, you know, fill in for however long it takes before they feel like Crawford would be ready. Or maybe Crawford comes out in spring and just shows them he's got to be the guy. So they have some options there. So they are kind of looking for a, a shortstop that could stop gap. And, and Tulowitzky is, it's a good suggestion. Uh, uh, He's a guy that they could bring in, and if he played well, they could obviously flip him at the trade deadline or, or a couple in, the, in months into the season and get some value back for him. So uh, I'm not convinced it's a fit that's going to go too far, though, because I think Tulo is probably looking for a team that's got a, a pretty good chance of winning in 2019. Money's not really a factor for him. He's he's still being paid $38 million by the Blue Jays for two more years, so he's going to go somewhere and be paid minimum salary. Uh, and, and Toronto will pick up the remainder of that because of the way he was cut. So, uh, I think Tulo's probably gonna be looking for a, a, a kind of a team that he can fit into, maybe help try to push over the hump and see what they can do in 2019. But, but, uh, you know, I think Seattle, it's one that could kick the tires on for sure.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, though. I mean, at Tulo, at this point in his career, um, when he there's so much uncertainty about how much he, he has to give, um, he wants to, I'm sure he wants to win, which is not happening uh, for the Mariners in 2019.
2: The other factor there is, I mean, Seattle looking for a guy if they want what the purpose would be to fill in right out of the, you know, the first couple of months, see what happened with Crawford. Tulo obviously the reason that Blue Jays cut him is he hasn't been healthy. It's a some pretty big question there. So do you want to, you know, go with a guy that you don't even know if he's going to play coming out of the shoot or play every day as a, a shortstop kind of bridge guy. So, you know, again, interesting concept i just i don't know that it fits
1: jimmy would like to know how likely are we to see evan white in a mariners jersey during the summer of
2: 2019 Hmm. (laughs) uh well i guarantee you we'll see him in a Mariners jersey in peoria arizona because he's gonna be one of the players in in camp so that'll be interesting uh evan you know first round pick uh in in a heck of a first baseman defensive guy I, i think he's the best defensive first baseman they've already got in their system uh you know, I loved what I saw from him last spring. Uh, he can really pick it at first base, and and uh, the the question is how how the bat develops. And he had a, had a nice year last year in, uh, in in advanced A level, but a pretty big jump to go straight to the big leagues from there. I think he's uh, he's going to open the year double A this year in double A Arkansas. It's one of the kind of group of, of prospects they're going to move forward with. The Kyle Lewis and and, and that group. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be a fun year to watch Arkansas. Uh, will he eventually make it up? I, I don't rule it out. It's maybe you know a September call-up kind of guy. Uh, you know, if things break right for him if he proves so, you know he can he can hit at the double-A level and kind of keep climbing. I think the bat is really the only question. And he hit a nice year in 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 uh, in fall ball. Uh, hit well down there in Arizona. Uh, hit real well in the last month of his his minor league season as well. So a lot of positive arrows going for Evan White. I think he definitely part of that that future group that they're grooming for and. And I think probably realistically, maybe Allison probably looking more at 2020 with him. You know, a lot of these guys, I think, you know, are a year away, and that's kind of why we're talking about some of these. You know, what they're going to do this year is is that step back, bridge the gap a little to where they get that group that they really love coming in about 2020.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting side of what front offices have to do when they start to rebuild is also the projections of some of the young players that they have coming into the system. Of course, it's going to be mostly based on the young players that they develop themselves. But timing is of the essence. It's not like they all have to be ready for the major leagues all at the exact same time. But if you're going to, you, you really do have to target a year a realistic year that you're going to be um, competitive again. And then you have to get players that will be ascending through the system on that schedule. That's not so easy to do.
2: It's not. I mean, and that's, re- I mean, that, that's really what we're talking about this offseason. And, and, you know, they, they, they trade, you know, you traded James Paxton. You know, obviously you don't want to give up James Paxton, but he's got two years left and you bring in justice Sheffield is the top pitcher in the Yankees uh, prospect. Uh, you bring in uh, Justin Dunn, top pitcher in the uh, organization and, and, and you had a uh, uh, Evan uh, uh, Swan Eric Swanson I should say from the Yankees another guy that's pretty close to being major league ready I mean th- these are guys that that if you if it all adds up you know and that they hit at the same time you got a young rotation that's pretty darn good and and uh, and, and by that time Paxson's contract is done he's gone somewhere else so this is looking at putting all that group and, and like we mentioned Evan White and, and uh, uh, Kyle Lewis, uh, Jared Kelnick is the one prospect they signed. He's 19 year old uh, from the mess that they got in the in the Diaz uh, Cano deal. A little further behind these guys age wise, but uh, they they love him and, and think he's going to be a big time guy coming up behind those guys. So yeah, if you that, that's that's the idea. I mean, you, you you really crest at the same time. Get this young group together and in along with some some of the older guys by that time, and the the Hannigers and the Marco Gonzalez, and those guys. If, if it all works. Should be pretty darn impressive, and uh, that'll that'll be what I think makes this next year interesting. Is kind of watching the young guys and how they develop, and, and see how this plan comes together.
1: Absolutely, okay, Greg. Good stuff as always. Thanks to everybody for listening to MLB Extras, the Seattle Mariners edition, and we will talk to you next time. Enjoy the holidays, Greg. We'll talk to you after the first of the year.
0: Okay, picture this.